Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. You have reached the Voices of the Cannabis Wars news from the front lines, where we are trying to bring you the news right straight from the front lines, the news that you will not hear in the general media that is played on your television sets. This is the news about prohibition, cannabis prohibition, and that's something that the news media, regular news media, don't talk about too much. So we're trying to let you guys know what's really going on out there. And through what we do, we we also try to put focus on the people that, you know, there's some good things going on out there and a lot of bad things going on out there. And the worst thing possible is prison. So we do a lot of focusing on prison and what's going on in prison, what's going on with our plant prisoners, um, which leads us to the overall drug war. It's just the crazy mess out there. We are trying to put it together. Um, We do not get paid to do this radio show. Everybody who comes on our show comes on this show as a volunteer basis in order to educate um, the public about prohibition, um, the drug war, prison, uh, slavery, just all, all the things that you imagine is not real. It's real, and we're here to talk about it. So this week we have a really, really good show planned for you, of course, with the of course, with Eugene Fisher behind everything, who is the old host of this show, who recently passed away after serving 25 years of his life sentence in prison uh, for cannabis. So we're just going to put a little remembrance towards him. Thank you, Eugene, for inspiring us to do this show. Um, but first, we're going to hear from Stephanie Landa. She is an ex-POW who went to prison for over four years got out to help many more people who are still in prison. She now runs a nonprofit organization, a 501c3 called Freedom Grow. She's going to come on our show. Uh, Her son's in prison uh, for for cannabis right now, so she's going to come on our show and talk about that. And then after that, we're going to talk to Amber Taylor. Yes, Amber, whose father is serving life in prison for a joint. She's going to start her new segment called Drug War One-on-One with Amber Taylor. You don't want to miss that. Um, After that, we're going to hear from Craig Cecil. Craig is serving a life sentence. He's working on his 15th year in prison for cannabis. Yes, you heard it there. Yes, there are still people serving life sentences for cannabis, over 50 that we know of, maybe more. I've heard more. I've heard that there could be over 100. (laughs) Yep. And then after, after Craig at about 945, we're going to talk to Craig, or we're going to talk to George Monterano, who's one of our heroes who fought for his freedom for over 33 years while he was locked up in federal custody. After 33 years, the man was free. Free. Yes, and he calls into our show for his weekly segment, Georgie's Corner, every single week to talk about freedom and what's going on. He's been free for about a year now, so he calls in every single week to let us know what's going on. And then after that, we're going to talk to Tom Corby. Well, we might take a couple open mic calls. If there's anybody that has anything that they want to talk about or say, we'll have a few minutes to, to, for an open line chat if you guys want to call in. 
Uh, the guest call-in number is 917-889-8298. You can listen live by calling that number, or you can, you know, to let us know you got something to say, and we've got lots of time today, so we can talk about it. However, we were going to have a big storm in Washington, so we didn't plan for an open get, uh, an opener guest, which is usually not a regular. It's usually a special guest that we that we uh, schedule every week at about this time. Um, but we didn't do that this week because we didn't know if we were going to have internet or whatever. But that's another thing I talk about. Like we're we're here to do, you know, let you know what's going on and what the news isn't telling us. But like I've been listening to the news and they've scheduled all this wind to come and knock out all the all the all the power lines. So I was like expecting to be able to leave work early or something. But like the wind really never showed up. So I just ended up realizing that you can't always believe what you hear. Sometimes you just have to look at reality, and the reality hits us when it gets here. So we don't have a first guest today. So we're trying to maybe close the show just a little bit early because we're going to take some of our guests that come on after 10 and bring them on beforehand. So thank you for listening to us today. The other host of the show is Mindy Griffiths, and Mindy is on the other line right now um, screening all these beautiful calls. I see Adam and Liz is listening. Thanks for calling in this morning, you guys. Um, Adam's in Chicago, and Adam, I'm hoping real soon that we can get an update, a Chicago update from you, and you can let us know what's going on in Chicago. I know we got a little text message going on this morning about about a little how it's not, um, I don't know, it's not like Washington apparently over there, so maybe we can get you to update us if you're still listening. Um, Adam, and thanks, Liz. Ooh, and Mindy's mom is listening. Thank you for listening. And um, Mindy's talking to her mama right now. So as soon as she's done talking to her mom, I'm going to introduce Mindy as the other host of the show um, and let you guys know while we're just sitting here waiting for Mindy, uh, your power to say not guilty if you're ever called to jury duty because I know of a few cannabis cases going on across the country and a few nonviolent crime trials that are going on across the country. In fact, I'm sure there's tons of them. So if you, um, oh, there's Mindy right there. I'm going to unmute her. There she goes. Mindy, Mindy, I was introducing yes. you. How are you this morning? I'm doing fabulous here in the cold, cold, cold location I'm at. <laughs> Where? Oh, yeah, it's you're over on the other side of Washington. Yeah, close to Idaho. And yeah, it's cold here. Wow, close How to Idaho. And it's cold. So, well, you know, I was talking to the listeners a little bit about um, what the news forecasted, a bunch of um, wind and rain and crazy, crazy temperatures out here, but it just really didn't happen like they said it was going to happen. So, we must you got wind? your wind. Oh, it was windy last night. Was it? Wow. I'm in a location where there was a big forest fire, and so a lot of the trees around us are half to mostly dead and just standing there waiting to be toppled. So, it, yeah, it was an exciting night. I'm a little tired wow. and slow this morning. So. <laughs> well, we're just waiting for Stephanie to call in. Um, she hasn't quite called in yet. So, Mindy, is there any news or anything that you want to talk about to this morning so far while we wait for Stephanie to call in? Well, I've uh, noticed that 
um, with the friends I have on CoreLinks, which for those who don't know is the uh, federal prison inmate email system. Um, it seems like people are starting, you know, are feeling pretty low and sad about how quickly Obama's reign is coming to an end. And a lot of people are fearing that once that, that comes to an end, their their hope is lost for getting out. So there, there's a lot of discouragement and sadness going on in Core Links, I've noticed. But, um, I, you know, they're, as always, the, they try to keep a positive attitude, but things have been fairly stressful and they're concerned in there. That's sad. That's sad. Um, so what my thing is, is what I'm wondering is what is going to happen? Because, like, Mindy, you and I were talking about a couple mornings ago how, you know, this presidential thing is going on and – I haven't heard one thing come out of either one of their mouths about prohibition, about cannabis, about our prisoners, about granting clemency and continuing what Obama's doing. I haven't heard anything anything like that at all. Have you? Oh, no. I don't think they've had any time to talk about real issues, have they? Not that the topics aren't real. Uh, let me Let me retract that. The things that have been going on on the news um, and the topics that we've been talking about on the news are important. Um, the way that um, that we treat each other on this planet is is really important. But um, we haven't been able to talk about a lot of political things, such as what they're going to do to end prohibition or if they are at all. I see our uh, callers are starting to stack up, Kristen. I'm going to go ahead and check out, see if we got Stephanie on yet, and I'll be right back. Okay, okay, cool. So I want to take what Mindy just said just a little bit and talk about that is, you know, we, we, we these these people running for president, and we're not a political show at all, okay, but let's, it, it does have something to do with this war. It has everything to do with this war, who is our president, because the president has the power to end it. The president can end the cannabis war. He can end the drug war. He can pardon not like hundreds, a hundred people once in a while. He can pardon thousands of people once in a while if the president wanted to. You know, the president says goes basically. So my thing is, is we've got these two people running here and they're fighting each other like crazy. And we've got these real issues out there that are staggering over our country, and they're pointing fingers at who did what and you know, they're, in my opinion, not really um, good candidates as far as the things that we focus on. They're not even talking about the things that we're focused on. So when I say to people, well, who are you voting for? And there's all this stuff. Well, just remember, there are two other people you can vote for as well. Those aren't the only ones. And I haven't had time to look into the cannabis, who's supporting the cannabis policies or what's going on with the other two. But it is something to think about. It is something to consider because, you know, I am I am very worried about our country. I'm very worried about our prisoners. I mean, what happens, you know, what happens to slavery with the next president? I've heard rumors about certain political uh, presidents taking money from private prisons to fund their campaigns. And we're against private prisons on this show. So, you know, we got we got to just really think about what's what's going on with our future and play your cards right. We all like they say, we all have a vote, whether it's rigged or not. You know, we, we have a we have a voice, and that that's that in my opinion is goes past the vote. You know, they want your vote once a year, but your voice can go every single day. We get on the voices of the cannabis war every single Sunday morning, and we express our voices, and that's what matters is what what we're doing. Um, besides, you know, we 
oh, we vote and that's all we got to do. No, there's a lot more you got to do. And everybody, everybody's so concentrated on just vote, 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 but do more than vote. Stand up for your, make that vote matter and use your voice, put your voice behind your vote. That's what I'm saying. So, Mindy, I don't see uh, Stephanie on quite yet. You're back. Thanks, Donna. Yeah, Amber's uh, on. So. We got Amber, and then um, I was hoping maybe to say hi to Adam. Adam's going to be able to listen for the first hour today. So Okay, well, let's. Let's put Adam on for a second, and then we'll go to Amber's segment and just find out real quick what's going on in Chicago um, with Adam. Adam, what is what is Chicago like versus Washington? I got to know. <laughs> well, it's completely different. I might as well be in a different country. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so interesting, you know, coming from Washington back to Chicago and. You know, it's really sad because, you know, there's so many people out here that can use the plant that don't know about its benefits. I mean, I just talking to a guy, he's been in a wheelchair 25 years now, I think, from a snowmobile accident years ago. And, uh, you know, I was just talking to him and, you know, we were talking about the differences between cannabis and alcohol and, and different ways that people, you know, how they choose to relax at night or how they choose to be in a social situation or whatever the case may be when they utilize some sort of psychoactive substance, whether it be cannabis, alcohol, you name it. Um, and, you know, it, it's just sad because, you know, it's, it's still so demonized out here. And, you know, the biggest part that I'm coming to, like, terms with, I guess, uh, recently over the last couple of days is CBD. I mean, nobody, it just seems like there's no awareness out here at all of CBDs or non-psychoactive options to medicate and help yourself feel better. So, um, yeah, and, you know, from just asking around people and prices and things like that, it looks like the average ounce uh, retails on the black market, of course, for about $320. So, um, you know, yeah, it's very expensive, and there's no, like, education, and, of course, you can still go to jail very easily for it, so. That's what I was going to say. What, um, are you scared to possess it and drive down the street with, in your car? Absolutely. That's why I'm not doing it. Or, yeah. Yeah. And now here, you know, like, you can have it in your trunk, and you ain't going to jail for it. You might get a ticket if you get to take you in and get your blood test and you smoke the day before, but... You know, mm-hmm. that's got to be, that's got to be kind of, um, I don't know. I think I'd have a heart attack. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, it was traumatic coming out here and, you know, I was like, I had $20 on me and there's nothing I could do. I could not get like, you know, in Washington, I could just go to an access point, give, you know, a pre-roll and a gram for 20 bucks and I'm out the door. Um, you know, I could not do that out here. I tried my hardest. And you know, it, well, the only option I think you I gotta know. Was, you gotta know. I think the right people. So mm-hmm. maybe that's maybe you gotta um, well, try to find. And it's gonna be an illegal, an illegal. If you're gonna get cannabis out there, it's it's gonna be an illegal. You're gonna be breaking the law now, right? If you do have. Uh, it. Yeah. Now, from what I understand, they 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 haven't decriminalized it, but they've I guess lessened the penalties. Um, but the surrounding states of Indiana and Wisconsin, it's it's super illegal still to this day. Um, okay. I have, uh, there's a couple of cancer patients out here that are in the medical system uh, that Illinois implemented, I believe, last year, and it went live this year. 
and oh, cool. he just came across Mary's Medicinal Patches. So um, oh, cool. found that pretty cool, cool that they're out here. Yeah. Nice. That's but, cool. Uh, well, Adam. It's very, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks for the update. We appreciate it. And I, I hope you're having fun out there. We can't wait for you to come back here. <laughs> for our listeners, Adam's one of our voices of the Cannabis Award. Uh, he's friends with Tony, and he's one of our, our Washington team members out here who who just left to go to Chicago. So thanks, Adam. Hang in there, and, yeah. and hopefully you can update us about Chicago again real soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you. <laughs> bye. All right, you guys, bye. that was Adam, by Adam Young, who helps us with whatever he can at events and um, everything else he fights for our prisoners like crazy. Um, Mindy, are you ready to start Amber's segment? Absolutely. Sounds good to me. Okay, you guys. So here's Amber. She's going to start you out with um, her her new segment, and it's called Drug One Drug War 101 with Amber Taylor. Check out Amber. Hi, Amber. Hi, ladies. Hi. How are y'all? <laughs> Good morning, We're Amber. Good. We're good. good. We're wondering good. how you are. It's time to time to light your joints and let's get a little education going. All right, all right. I'm gonna kick back and enjoy the ride. <laughs> so this is the 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 first segment. So I'm really excited and it's open mic. So I have a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. Going forward from here, we could do like a <clears throat> five-part segment starting out telling everybody how the drug war began, where it came from, where it, when it started, who was participating in it initially, and how how it's affected us thus far, if that Hi, sounds so okay so with you ladies. Yes, <laughs> let's do this. Yeah, oh, let's yes. Do I mean, I can't wait to find out. I'm excited. I'm excited. I, again, thank y'all so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. We're excited about it too. Amber, uh, yeah, no, I think uh, I think we're the better. We got the better end of the stick. Thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> thank you. Okay, so there's a guy named. I just I just uh-huh. want to mention to you that Craig calls right at about nine thirty, between nine twenty five and nine thirty five. So um, we could be just interrupted all of a sudden with the, if we get his call. Cool beans. I'm I'm totally down for being interrupted for Craig. He's got to get on. That's, that's my guy. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. So there's a star on Facebook named Miguel Miggy. He is a blogger, a marijuana blogger, and he's um been shifted around to a couple different blogs. So I don't know exactly which one he's writing for right now, but he wrote this oh. awesome article about my dad. <laughs> Let me just tell you this real quick. Um, Miguel Miggy is one of our voices of the cannabis war. He is like Adam. He goes with us to all the events. He fights for our prisoners. In fact, he spoke on behalf of our prisoners at at the um, Portland Hemp Fest. He's he's one of our Washington advocates. So we love we love Miggy. <laughs> he he was one of the first guys that 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 took a stance for my dad. Um, Thomas is a is free Thomas Landris. That's my dad. First off. <laughs> And then, um, you know, Thomas is a is a guy who's fallen through the cracks of the system, and a lot of people didn't want to acknowledge that he was a victim of the cannabis war because of his previous felonies. And if you just know the story, you would understand that the drug war isn't solely 
for marijuana. It's been going on for a long time for every drug, and it's more like a war on poor people because if you're rich and you get caught, you can get out of it because you have the money to pay for the system. But if you're not, you can't. So here's the article he wrote about my dad. I really appreciate him. He's the first one that took interest, and and then I've met all y'all since then, so it's been a great journey. So he starts off with saying, our system is broken. Full of things like mandatory minimums and three-strike laws, where is the rehabilitation? Where is the fix? As a lifelong petty criminal, Thomas Landris was offered a plea deal of 20 years or go to trial with the possibility of life for possession of a joint. Each person highlighted here is a father, a mother, a brother, a sister, and perhaps has a son or daughter. Um, He wrote this in June, so for the month of June that contains Father's Day, I would like to highlight Thomas Landris, a longtime petty criminal now serving 20 years for a couple grams of marijuana. A mandatory minimum is not a fix, especially when it can put a man behind bars for 20 years for weeks. A man whose biggest crime is being a a shitty criminal with multiple petty crimes. Thomas Landris was caught with a couple grams of weed and given no choice because of his petty crimes. 20 years for weed or forever after a trial, either way, you're going to get buried in a system only to eventually die and never be thought of again. Thank you, judicial prison system. That has been only a Band-Aid, not a cure. Thomas Landris is an example of why there is a drug war, to keep lower income and the least educated under control. The autonomy of cheap labor for prison system, just another number in a privatized system. He's dying slowly in a system not meant to make the person better, but to put the loud kids in a corner so the rest of us don't have to hear them. Thomas Landreth is not a killer, but a pillar. And by that I mean he's more of a danger to himself than the rest of the world. The Thomas Landreth of the system, whether they're black, white, brown, or yellow, are the grease in the machine of rich people who own companies that keep them safe and serve justice while rehabilitating them. Since his incarceration, Thomas has seen the deterioration of cellmates who have since passed on leaving them, leaving him the impression that he could die too. You see, Thomas has many health conditions, and let's face it, prisoners are no one's priority, especially small-time criminals who really want to do better. Thomas Landris is an example of the poor American who is treated badly in youth so they don't make grown-up decisions which lead to a life of on and off petty crimes, which has placed him behind bars for 20 years thanks to a plea deal for the possession of personal use of cannabis when he was trying to turn his life around. He has become just another number behind bars, which means he can be denied health care for his brain tumor and PTSD from a rape while behind bars. If Thomas Landers didn't have a loving daughter, thank you, who believes in (laughs) her father on the outside of the world, he would just be another cog on the judicial wheel. Amber, that and that's it. You're so, yes. you're so strong for it to be able to read that. <laughs> I, I, if you heard, I almost cracked there a couple well, times. I too. I, I'm feeling it with you. I'm feeling it with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just a, a little bit into the story, and 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 Miggy was able to write it where I couldn't say it because my dad is a person, and we're asking him to make mistakes. And he deserves to be treated like a human. He's never hurt anybody. And there's so many prisoners with this exact same story. It's just heartbreaking. Another prisoner that has 
almost the same story as Marine vet Chris Lewandowski. Le- 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 I'm sorry, L-E-W-A-N-D-O-W-S-K-I. Um, he's from the same town that sentenced my dad to 20 years. He's going in front of the same judge that sentenced my dad to 20 years, and who's a Marine vet. He fought for his country. He pays taxes in the town that's fixing to sentence him to, I think they're giving him five to seven years for six plants. So, I mean, it's it's an ongoing battle. It didn't just stop with my dad. There's so many people that are still being incarcerated for marijuana to this day. <clears throat> so, Chris will be sentenced in front of Judge Emmett Tahoe in the Comanche County Courthouse in Oklahoma on October 19th. We are asking those who wish to attend to be respectful, to bring a handwritten letter to present to the judge, in addition to emailing or sending a letter asking for leniency and no jail for this Marine veteran. Chris is a patient, not a criminal. He's a veteran, not a criminal. He served the U.S. Marine Corps faithfully with three tours of combat duty overseas in Iraq and Afghanistan. So I'm going to post the the address to the courthouse on No Jail for Drugs page, and I'm going to say it right now for all the people who have this saved and listen later. Uh, The courthouse address is the Comanche County Courthouse, 315 Southwest 5th Street, Lawton, Oklahoma, 73501. And there's also a link to a petition in the legalized Lawton, Oklahoma Facebook page if you guys want to go sign for President Obama to to step in and ask for leniency for his sentencing. That would be a blessing. I really appreciate all the supporters. Y'all are great. Y'all are why we do this. Thank you, Mindy and Kirsten, yeah, for letting I, me say that on I there. Just, I just want to say something real quick about sentencing. The sentencing, my dad's sentencing was one of the worst days of my life. And when you're up there in front of that judge and they're about to tell you how long you're going to go to prison, and the judge can say zero time if he wanted to, and your heart is just racing for your for your loved ones. I mean, and I, I went to... Lance's sentencing as well. Like it's, it's really devastating. Sentencing is where they're taking somebody straight from our community that we love and putting them away so we can't hear from them anymore or see them anymore. So it means a lot, sentencing. And when is, when is his sentencing? Because I'm going to get a letter too um, ready for it. October 19th, and I'm sending you all the link right now. Um, it's at okay. the Comanche County Courthouse in Oklahoma. The same courthouse I've went and bonded many a friends out of the same courthouse I stood in front of paid paid the fee for a petition license and stood out in front of for my dad I mean this this courthouse takes a lot of people's lives away so we need to stand up for this guy because it's a very real um thing that he can go to jail for a long time for marijuana and we can help our voices help our our bodies help our words help our letters help please don't think that they ever don't okay okay yeah they are important i've seen a lot of a lot of judges i've been on a lot of a lot of sentencing and i've heard a lot of judges actually say i've read every letter i've read every letter and they do they read every word so it does make a difference Yes, it does. Um, I was listening to y'all talk about the presidential candidates, and I tried 
to look up anyone that is for ending prohibition, and I can't find anything. Okay, okay. Um, so you're gonna get. So where is where can we find the email address to the to email the letters to? So I have it on my no jail drugs page. It's currently on there right now. At the end of the post uh, for Chris is the address to the courthouse, and I'm copying the link right now to send to Mindy so that she can post it on y'all's page. Okay. Okay. Cool. Thank you for that. You're very Amber, is there anything else you want to mention? Uh, No, ma'am. Just that next Sunday we will begin the five-part segment on how the war of drugs became and and how it's affected us since then. And you ladies have a great morning. Okay, cool. So listeners, tune in. First segment starts next week. I am really excited for it, Amber. Thank you. Mindy, Thank is there you so anything much. you want to? Mindy, is there anything you want to say to Amber? Oh no, I'm I'm excited about hearing that story about your dad was great. Um, Mickey did an awesome job, and um, thank you so much, Amber, for everything you do. You're so welcome. One treat, one team, one dream. That's that's Lance's slogan, and it has taken off. I really love it. One team, one dream. Agreed. Oh, I love it too. <laughs> All right, Amber, having a beautiful Sunday. You too. Bye, ladies. Bye. That was Warrior Amber Taylor with Drug War 101. Tune in next week to hear a lot more. She's really awesome. You guys don't want to miss her. Um, Next, we're going to go to Stephanie Landa, who is driving to go visit her son in prison right now, and we're going to talk to her until Craig comes in. Um, She's the founder of Freedom Grow, where she raises commissary money for prisoners, plant prisoners. Here we go. Good morning, Stephanie. How are you? Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm doing okay. I'm just, you know, I'm a tired person, I think. And um, that just got me about the sentencing. It just takes me to so many people's different sets. Man, doesn't it? It hurts. I know. I know. for the person being sentenced. And for me, it's just been as bad for people that are getting sentenced in front of me because I know how that feels, that feeling of, like, you, you're you just totally powerless to do anything. And you sit there oh. and you go, oh, can I just come home with, to dinner with you, judge, you know? Maybe you could just get to know me a little bit, and then we'll have sentencing. I mean, that's, like, how you feel. You feel like... You don't really know me. How could you do this? Stephanie, (laughs) do you remember Chris Williams' sentencing? We were there together. Yeah. And, you know, that's where where I got a lot of my power and learned how to use my voice is by watching you walk around the courthouse in Montana and yell, free Chris Williams, what do we want? And everybody yell, free Chris Williams, so loud that Chris Williams could hear it. You're so amazing, yeah. Stephanie. Your strength is so amazing. <laughs> you guys, we got Craig Cecil calling in right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna click over okay. and grab his call. Oh, I'd love to say hello. Okay, yeah, Stephanie, stay on, please, and 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 okay. you can say hi. Okay, that'd be great. So you're you're on your way to see Max this morning, right? Yeah. 
like I'm about 10 minutes from there. And how's, how's yeah. he doing? He's doing fine. You know, it's like I'm doing worse than he is sometimes. It's just well, when I'm home mom. alone, that's the worst in the mornings. But when morning, I go Craig. out, oh. hello? Craig, are you there? Yes, I am. Good morning. Hey, Hey, good morning. We're sitting here with Stephanie Landis from Freedom Grow talking about sentencing. Oh. Hi, Craig. That's Hi, so Stephanie. Another to one me. of my heroes. Hi. Oh, you're mine. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. wonderful to hear your voice, to put a voice to my letter. Oh, wow. I'm crying. And, uh, <laughs> for so many people, the Lambda Prisoner Outreach was really the uh, beginning of of so many of these uh, uh, inmate advocacy groups now that uh, have really kind of taken the torch that you originally lit, and uh, they've they've taken and ran with it in all kinds of different directions. (laughs) I know. So you were the catalyst of so many things. I was just telling you the same thing. <laughs> you know, the government made me do it. It wasn't like it was that my is, idea. This, the government tortured there's me There's just so in many good way. people. And, yes. But you've inspired a, an awful lot of really good people. and <laughs> I've been the beneficiary of it, and I, I can't, I just can't thank you enough. <laughs> oh, thank you. I mean, it just makes me feel great. It's really great. Yeah, I I really... Wow, wow. I hope you come home. I really hope you come home. Um, Well, I've got the right people pushing for me, that's for sure. (laughs) from a federal prison. And the prison system probably hasn't changed a whole lot since you were one of its residents. <laughs> no. It's only gotten more people. Yeah. So, Craig, I wanted to ask you about your injuries. We have not been able to talk to you, and our listeners are dying to find out how you are. Um, I'm healing. Uh, the stitches are all out. I had stitches in both of my hands and in my left elbow. Here the cells are very, very small. They're six feet wide by 12 feet long. And there's a bunk that's a little bit over three foot by seven foot that takes up a bunch of the area. Of course, a locker that's about 18 inches deep. There's a toilet, a sink, and then a big part of the cell is blocked off where uh, the utilities, you know, the pipes and all that for the sink and toilet and all that come through. So you're only left with about a little bit over a foot between the bunk and the uh, lockers and I walked in after lunch and uh, actually I was going to prepare to uh, call you and it was about a half hour before I was going to call you and I walked into the cell and I went to turn between the bunk and the uh, uh, locker and I had a a pad of paper uh, a legal pad sitting on the floor and I didn't see it and I put my other foot down and just a page tore off my foot flew out from under me I went to put my hands out to grab the wall and the wall on that side of the cell is a is a window <laughs> yeah. so I hit the glass through the window my arms went right through the window and it, it cut up both of them how 
According to the medical people, it's a lot more common. It's it's eighth inch thick. It's just really, really thin, you know, glass. It's not even connected into the frame. They, They just kind of sit there loosely. Remember, this prison was built in 19... It was actually opened in 1937. So... So many things as you look around here, it's it's like living in a museum. <laughs> that's about that's about when they um, started to um, add prohibition. Same year, same year, the same year, Yes. So actually, when they built the prison, marijuana was not criminalized. <laughs> right. But here we are. There's so many of us that are here now, uh, based on marijuana. Charges. Huh. But the Sounds like conspiracy. Pardon? It sounds like conspiracy. Yes, yes. Actually, the, the marijuana laws, like so many of our drug laws and uh, really federal involvement in uh, criminal justice, has just been a disaster from the day it started. I mean, it's, it's just. It's just something that shouldn't be long, you know, under the province of the federal government. This should be under local governments and local prosecutors and state prosecutors and, you know, government agencies that are actually accountable to the people. The federal government just kind of goes everywhere because nobody can stop it. Well, Craig, we've got a new segment on the show. It's called uh, Drug War 101 with Amber Taylor, and she's going to start breaking it down every week for our listeners can understand a deeper uh, depth of the, what the drug war is. So we're really she's going to start from the very beginning in each of her segments. So we're kind of excited for that. Oh, I'll bet. Because <laughs> as Stephanie well knows, uh, marijuana was actually criminalized, and they targeted Mexican people, some of the blacks, but primarily Mexican people, which is why they criminalized marijuana under its Spanish name, marijuana, rather than under its English name, cannabis. Hmm. So it's really been a, yeah. um, a terrible constitutional violation from the day it started. I mean, they target, it was a law that targeted Mexican people in the Spanish language. <laughs> so wow. it's really well, I, I think that was a cover-up, too, because they didn't want hemp to be legal. I think the whole thing was about money and cotton and all and the wood and everything. They don't and gasoline. If hemp was legal, the world would be different. Yes, yes. There's so many products that hemp was used in that it worked very well in. Right. But money took over, and it was more important than our lives. But the. The part that just seems so out of whack is that the federal government still prosecutes. I mean, with right. with uh, with vigor, they they still prosecute so many different marijuana uh, violations and, and that. Yet the people of the United States, in general, agree that marijuana is something that's you know akin to alcohol that that shouldn't even be criminalized. Right. And especially you know the the several states, what is it now, up to 28 or 30 states that have medical marijuana and the four states that have recreational marijuana, I mean, the people have spoken, (laughs) but the government just won't, you know, won't ride with the people, so to speak. No. Well, a lot of of the people 
a lot of the people think that the government has stopped in those states because of, you know, the, they had released some information saying they were going to no longer prosecute in medical states where medical was involved. But um, that's not even, they said they were funded. So people assumed that they were going to prosecute. Imagine that. Another lie. Exactly. Right. So a lot of the the general population thinks that you know that, that it's over and and don't even understand what we're out here all bitching about. You can't imagine that, how often I I can actually sit in my cell, look out the door at the TV, and I see all these specials on TV. Um, in marijuana grow operations and marijuana retail operations, <laughs> and I'm right. sitting in the cell on a marijuana distribution conviction. I mean, it's it just for life on your 15th year for life. Yes. <laughs> they also have a show called I mean, Pot Cops, though, that shows all these people running around busting uh, marijuana grows. Um, so it, it's interesting to see that there's also a show specifically just about going after marijuana. Huh, I'd like to see where its funding comes from, if it's pharmaceutical or government or the alcohol companies. I, I wonder where its funding comes from. <laughs> That's an interesting thing. Maybe well, I'll see what I can do that big enough. We know it doesn't come from us. <laughs> 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 this call is from a federal prison. Now, so, Chris, I read another Pardon, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to mention an article I read this morning about an inmate who was uh, granted a, uh, a commutation, and he turned it down. <laughs> he says, no, I don't want it. What? The reason, the reason he gave is the president, in a lot of the recent commutations, instead of the person being, you know, released just, you know, six months or so later. They've been getting released, you know, further out into the future, and the president has required them to uh, complete the uh, residential drug abuse program. Well, this man decided, I'm just not going to do that drug program, so, you know, stick it with your accommodation. I'll do the rest of my sentence. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I guess some prisoners are incorrigible. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. Oh, I got kicked out of the drug program. Okay, how has your week been? And do you um, did you get any news back on on your case? Oh, my case is moving forward down in Georgia, and so far the the judge had held hearings down there to determine that what those lawyers did in my case was truly illegal, and he's appointed a lawyer to me down there, and this lawyer is. Uh, basically a small-town lawyer in Gainesville, Georgia, but uh, I kind of like him. He's really willing to help me, and he's not so enmeshed into the politics of the federal court that I think he's willing to do what's right rather than what's expedient for getting along with the other people in the courtroom. So um, I'm really excited. This is going to be about a year-long project, but uh, I'm really excited about how this is moving along. Gainesville, (laughs) Craig, Gainesville is a very hip town, and it's a very yeah. big town based on pot. So that's a great place oh. for that attorney to be from. That's where they 
they arrested me and took me there and prosecuted me there. And it's, I've never well, actually seen changed. the town, but I've seen the jail. Yeah, <laughs> no, things have changed there a lot. Like, it's oh. one of the hip towns in Florida. Because the university is there. No, no, no. This is Gainesville, Georgia. This is Gainesville, Georgia. Oh, Gainesville, along the South Georgia. Carolina line. Oh, could they move it to yeah. Gainesville, Florida? <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> Gainesville, Too bad. Georgia. I think they're about 40 years behind the times. So. Yes, I think so too. Yes. I remember the newspaper when I was in the jail down there in 2002. There was there was big excitement because a business was going to start taking credit cards, and the newspaper actually had to explain what credit cards were. Oh, no. <laughs> this was in 2002. Yes. <laughs> this is Gainesville, Georgia. <laughs> yeah. So how has your week been? How's prison been this week? Oh, it, it's been a... It's been an average week. I mean, things went well at work. There was no major problems. Um, my daughter is excited. As you know, uh, or I hope you you might know, the group Cut 50 is doing a, a big bash in front of the White House on November 15th. And the goal of this group, and they've actually uh, called together some other groups, the goal of this group is to cut the prison population by 50%. And, wow. uh, now, Van Jones is like the chairman of it. He was formerly uh, a member of Barack Obama's cabinet, so he he has some real connections to the White House and that. And he's put together, I guess, some Hollywood people, and he's uh, gathered up a bunch of money. And they've really Amy got a Lewis momentum going. to... Yes. And I guess they've chosen about five or six uh, prisoners' children to go there to make right. presentations and all that. And my daughter's been amongst the ones chosen to to go there and wow. make a presentation. Oh, wow. Oh, I just got really goosebumps. Excited. That's so exciting. Yeah, anyone from Sandu is going also. <laughs> oh, cool. So she was on our show last week. Amy was on our show last week. Um, yeah, she's so, going to go to um, November 15th. It's a big deal. So, Craig, we, maybe maybe we can get your daughter to come on our show and talk about it a little bit one of these days. I'm sure she'd love to. I'm sure she'd love to. I, okay. can, I can hook you up with her. I'd love to. But that's the second beep, and I just wanted to thank, you know, everybody for shining the light on us behind the razor wire here. Um, a famous NBC uh, commentator visited an inmate here, their personal friends, and he was just shocked to learn what's going on inside the razor wire. So, wow. so uh, but thank you and, you know, just cool. uh, thanks for shining a light on us so people know what's going on behind the razor wire. I love you, Craig. I think he's gone. I know. Yeah, well, I hate Craig Cecil. Craig Cecil has a life Oh, the highlight of my week. Thank you. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, Stephanie, what are you up to? Yeah, yeah. From what I understand, you're driving to visit your son who's um, in prison for cannabis. Um, yeah. How's that? How's I didn't do the high times because I'm just 
I don't know. I don't know if I can do any more events until Max gets out because I just can't do both. And he already, I already said to him, well, you know, I have to go raise money for the prisoners. And he's like, uh, excuse me, I'm in jail. I can't get out. And I just, when I left yesterday, I wasn't going to go today. And he said, okay, mom. I'll see you in 160 hours. Oh, my God. I said, I'm going to die instantly. I was like, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> so it's just like, I, you know, this is my first concern. Even though I'm really concerned about everybody in prison, I just have to make this my priority for 11 months and three more days. Okay, 11 months, three more days. Right. I mean, I know he's a short-termer and everything, but, God, it's long-term for me. It's like every day I'm going, God, let him go home. And everyone there, (laughs) it's like they all think the same thing, you know, that they've locked up this kid, let him go home to his mother. You know, it's not like any of the guards or the captain and the, the... the uh, chief at the fire department. There's nobody there that thinks that he shouldn't go home. Right. You know, it's just like, come on now. This is like really silly. He said they were all sitting around. There's six six people in the fire department. Like they're all sitting around the prisoners. They're saying what they did wrong and how they feel bad. And then they got to Max and Max was like, I don't know. I don't think marijuana is really bad. I guess making it with cocaine <laughs> is bad because I could have burned down the house. But I didn't. But I don't think it's really bad. And they all said, yeah, we all think you should go home. I mean, <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous. When you're a marijuana prisoner and you're in jail, there isn't anyone in there that thinks that you should stay. The other prisoners and the guards and Almost everyone in there thinks that you should go home. You know, they're not right. like really crazy people that think. The only one that thinks that you should, you should be there is the district attorney, the U.S. attorney, and the judge. That's it. Like, mm. come on now. I mean, it's just the judge is the really big problem, I think, in sentencing. I think the I agree. Is the I agree. In the whole world, you know, well, because like, not even just and sentencing, we, um, not even just sentencing, but like even during the court system, like because when the when the um, defendants, uh, the defendant's attorney presents, um, you know, what what are those to the judge, and the judge says no, they can't talk about that in in this uh, right. in right. this case. right right right. The judge right. determines and what this, everybody hears, and that and they don't ever really Right, and the problem is that they've named them judge instead of some other word that means sentencing and, like, taking everything into consideration. Judge means that you get to judge somebody. It's really not – God tells you not to do that. I mean, you're not supposed to do that. (laughs) You're supposed to, like, take the facts into consideration. Like, he should be called, like, a fact finder or something. So that he doesn't right. have that, he because we're he's becoming that, you know, we're making him that, and 
that is like the problem because if there weren't these judges, this wouldn't be happening because they have do whatever they want. Like sentencing, you know, like, oh, pot, send them home. Oh, pot, make them clean up the highway or plant gardens or whatever they're going to do. Make them do something nice because they're nice people. Oh, yeah, we had we had dinner with them. They were nice. You know, right. I mean, like, this is just, my kid does not belong in prison. And I'm sure Craig doesn't, and I'm sure a lot of people are in for people go, oh, well, some of them do. Okay, so, there might be one, just like there's one good cop. You know, the same thing. There might be one, but most of them are not good cops and most of them don't belong in prison that's just a fact so it breaks my heart the sentencing part of life breaks my heart I've been to so many court supports and so many sentencing that I can still hear it ringing in my ears just like the the gavel just the whole thing it's just it's frightening it's probably the worst days of my life or sentencing, just like you said, Kristen, the worst day of your life was your dad's sentencing. That's the last time I saw my dad alive until I had to take him off of life support. And he was mm-hmm. half dead then. That was it. And you know what? My dad was wearing a pink shirt to sentencing. He could hardly walk, so he had slippers on. Like it, like he was half dead when they sentenced him. He couldn't even stay awake. The judge he sentenced him to, Stephanie, was 87 years old and was appointed by Ronald Reagan in the 80s. At what point? Mm. And he was born, yeah, he was born right at about the time Prohibition was born. So, like, he lived his whole life against Prohibition as a federal judge. So what chances would my dad have really yeah, had going up exactly. to this man? Exactly. Yeah, it's just, it's, and uh, in it's Montana. I know, I know. It's just, it's just, it's not right. Judges and sentencing and all that, you know. But here's the thing, Stephanie, like, you've been through sentencing I haven't been sentenced, but I, I sat there and watched my family get sentenced, and it's 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 left a nightmare imprinted in my soul forever. But you keep going, and I keep going, and we've been to a lot of sentencing. And even though it hurts, we know how important it is to represent it and to be there to keep it from happening to other people. It gets really bad. It's really really bad. Yeah, I, I cry no, every time it's I go really, to sentencing. Really bad. Yeah, I was at last floors. Glorious sentencing, and the judge, the voices, the courtroom, the the pain, and how the prosecutors, how they act. It's just it's, it's a very hurtful nightmare. It's something you dream about in your worst in your worst nightmares. And it's not. And you have to like, and the day after sentencing, I mean, you're just going through this every day from oh. now on. Look at Lance's mom. I feel so bad for her every single day. I mean, and I'm I sure, like, like I feel bad for her because she posts. I'm sure people feel bad for me because I post. You know, it's like we can't help it. We have to say we miss our kids. Like, it's craziness. It's not right. It's just not right. And this show, too, it's just people can hear it's not right. 
it's not like I'm I'm staying on the on the phone because I don't want to hang up because I know I'm just going to break down and start <laughs> crying, crying, crying. It's just not right. Like what what did we but really you know what? do? What is right is what we're doing. What you're doing, you're you're raising commissary money for those people that cannot raise it themselves. You know, we got um, you go you go you help and everybody listening right now feels compassionate. And when we talk about these prisoners, we talk about them sentencing. But after sentencing, there is no more person in the world. They are prisoners now, and they work work for twelve cents an hour, and they cannot. They cannot buy their own shoes, their own clothes, their own commissary food, and they're forced to live off of prison food unless we help. And that's what Stephanie's doing. She has got together a nonprofit 501c3 organization where anybody listening right now or in next week or the week after can go on to freedomgrow.org, Stephanie, or right. com. Dot org. Dot org. Dot org. Dot org. And make a nonprofit donation that will go. Or call, what's your number? 818-652-7891. Okay. Anytime, call me. And I answer the phone. Call me if you're in jail. I'll accept the charges. Like, <laughs> just, yeah, really. It's thrilling to talk to somebody in jail. Like, they give you so much. Like, so much... I mean, it's amazing how much I get back from prisoners. Like, the letters I get, too, they make me cry, but they're just so, I mean, I feel like I own the lottery, and they (laughs) have won it. You know, it's just like that's how they make me feel, because $100 to a prisoner, it is like the lottery. Think about it. If you won the lottery, that's like getting $100 in prison. You know, it's thrilling, really thrilling. And the hundred dollars in prison. How long, Stephanie? How long does it make? How long does it take for a prisoner to make a hundred dollars? Oh, I don't know. I never made a hundred dollars. Like it's, well, like, it's like twelve dollars a month. You get five dollars right? a month. No, you get like five dollars a month. Yeah. So and it take like three years for a prisoner to make a hundred dollars. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, I never figured it out that way. That's just horrible. Yeah. Usually, um, they are getting some money from other people. You know, usually. But a hundred dollars makes them buy that pair of sneakers that they couldn't buy before, like a pair of sneakers. Like a lot of people buy a pair of sneakers. I've heard that really a lot because it's pretty important to have a pair of shoes that like fit you and are comfortable. I mean, think about that. You didn't have one pair of shoes. There is a prisoner, um, I forget his name, but he had been in prison for almost 20 years, and he was finding having to pull shoes out of the trash to wear shoes. One of our plant prisoners. Yeah. So Um, he's actually, I believe, you. Huh. You know, and you hope that they fit you all right or you stuff socks in them. You know, mm. it's it's really hard in there. It's hard. It's really hard. And then some prisoners can just sit on the phone with their families because they have a whole hundred dollars. You know, they could just, like, take their time and talk to them. It's heartbreaking. It's very heartbreaking. Pot prisoners are heartbreaking. You know, I mean, oh, other maybe- ones are too, but, jeez. 
Cindy, is there anything you want to say to Stephanie? You're pretty quiet. Oh, yeah. Well, I get, I'm quiet because I, I'm sitting in a Safeway parking lot with my dogs in the car who are very upset about the dogs in the car next to me. So I keep myself oh, here so and, you all don't hear here, about it. Here I'm <laughs> just learning the Indian way. Me? <laughs> yeah, by being really quiet and meditative. Yeah, that's it. No, no, no. If I'm quiet, there's always something else going on. I'm never quiet. Uh, (laughs) That's really funny. So I saw you building the house and stuff. It all looks really great, Mindy. That's for a friend who lost their house in the fire a couple years ago. So that's what our purpose up here is, is to help people rebuild. Oh, nice. Well, it looked really nice. Thank you. Around house. I'm working on the rafters. Yes. Yeah, I'm working on the rafters, stripping them and and all that kind of stuff. That's been taking me a while, but it's very rewarding. Nice. Nice. Okay, well, girls, have a great show. Is George coming on right now? (laughs) No, he should have been on. We've been just kind of waiting for him to call in, and he hasn't called in yet, so... I think he he texted me and confirmed this morning, but um, maybe his alarm wasn't set or something. I don't know. But So I think we're just going to basically go to Tom and then close out the show a little bit early today. Okay. Give him bundles of love in case he calls in. And give Tom okay, bundles also, of love. We also got Dr. Allen on the phone listening, too. Oh, and I love Dr. Allen. Yeah. Stay on. <laughs> Uh, you want to say hi, I really love. Hold on, let's let's I say hi to Dr. Allen. Good morning, Dr. Allen. Hello. Good hi, morning. we're saying hi. Good morning. It's me. I just stayed on to say hi. Good morning. How are you doing, Stephanie? I'm doing great. I'm sending you all my love and all my light and all my everything because I love you so much. And I love you, too. You know, I want to tell the world that uh, Stephanie um, used to write me when I was in prison in Mississippi because uh, she started this Landa Prisoner prisoner Outreach <laughs> Program, LPOP. And uh, I cannot tell you how much it meant to me. And I'm forever in debt to her. It, I consider Aww. her a hero. Oh I'm so sorry that she has to suffer and her son's in jail. And uh and someday we're gonna prove that all these prohibitionists are really hurting society and they're the ones that are the enemies of the of the society. The people that lock us up for smoking marijuana, those people are the criminals. And uh, I love you, Stephanie. And uh, I love you too. Thank I you. I wish I could do more for you. I wish I could do more for you. You really have the problem. I at least get to hold my kid every week. I feel so bad for you. You know. You know how I feel. <laughs> Today's my son's Daniel's birthday. He's 21 years oh old. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! And I, I haven't seen my boy since 2008. Oh, no. 
And their mother forced the two boys <sighs> to go to a a uh, notary notary public and sign an affidavit that they never wanted to see their dad again. Oh my God! In front of a in front of a uh, in front of, of a uh, notary public, and uh, they sent it to me registered mail, so I had to sign for it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is so horrible. All that because you so tried to help and us. So because he didn't know, week. because he didn't do anything. That's the horrible thing. Like, he did nothing. He wasn't even involved in the whole thing. Oh, my God. I'm just, like, having a heart attack right now. It's just this war on marijuana is just horrible. It has so many people crying. Like, we're not, like, we're not crying because we're guilty. We're crying. This is a horrible war. It's a bad war. It's really bad, you guys. It's really freaking bad. I don't know how much time really? I can take. Like, how, like, I'm trying to, like, end it yesterday. If those wipe our hands with this war and walk away, but I'm really worried it's going to affect, keep affecting more of our generation. It's already affected four of our generations right now as a sit of our family. Right. Four right. generations of our family have been stripped of everything because of this war, and I'm really scared it's going to go into another generation. And that's what I can't handle the thought of. I can't handle the thought of leaving this war with leaving this world with this war still going on. It, it, it is in another generation because the teenagers right now are in another generation. Yes, and it torments me they that just haven't gone my grandkids are going to be going to jail. It just torments yeah, exactly. me. Like our ancestors, our ancestors didn't have to deal with this war. Our ancestors could use this plant freely and not have to worry about all this. It's not until the feds came in and messed it all up and messed up all of our families. It's not. It's not acceptable. This is, didn't happen a hundred years ago. This wasn't going on two hundred, three hundred, four hundred years ago. It's only been going on since nineteen thirty-seven. And when right. they, that's when they didn't have the media. Like, they, they lied in their little newspapers, and now the media is just believes what the federal government says. In the meantime, look what's happening to us. That's and they knew because they started about. building jails. They started building jails because this was their grand scheme. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's all about propaganda. It's surprising to me that that people actually believe this. That that people are people's minds are so uh, messed up with propaganda that they they can't understand when we try to tell them uh, the the benefits of cannabis and how harmless it is. How they can't understand that they can't. We repeatedly tell them and they just don't understand it. And and there's it's because uh, of this propaganda that's that's messed up their main their their, their brains. Their, it's it's unbelievable the mindset of these people. Mm. I know that's been one of my biggest challenges as an activist is trying to explain all this to people. You know, <laughs> and and people just don't understand. But 
you know, that's that's why we're on the radio. That's that's where we got this little outlet so we can get together and try to unveil this this madness and this war. It's brainwashing. Mhm. I gotta go visit Max. I'm All right. right. Visit, Tell Max I, I can't him. bring my cell phone in. Okay. I love you guys. Tell him love, him. Me. love you. I love you. Love you, love you me. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Jeff. Bye. Bye. Well, Dr. Allen, you guys, I appreciate what you say, Dr. Allen, because you are a heart surgeon, or you were a heart surgeon until all this happened. So you're somebody that in the community everybody respects to the fullest, and it happened to you. Um, and that's, that's what gets me is that, you actually believed in the plant and that's probably why all this happened. That is why all this happened to you. So like for your voice to still be so strong and so it echoes in my heart and my soul. And I feel really proud to be your friend, Dr. Allen. Thank you so much. And so we're you know, with brother, you. Like, my, my brother told me that brother. I chose pot over my family. And I can't tell you how badly that hurt me. That's not fair. It's a ridiculous statement to make. Yeah. yeah. Well, this this war ruins families' lives. It yep. you know it takes fathers out out of the the community, puts them in jail, and their children are raised up without a father figure. And um, you know it, it it ruins the tax base. This 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 prohibition has got to end. What they're doing is they're just making money off of people's uh, normal behavior is criminalized, and so everything about our society is criminalized. They just made uh, Cuban cigars legal. Now think about that. A cigar, an illegal cigar. Every everything is 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 criminalized here. There's criminalized thought. There's, you know, it's it's all human behavior is being criminalized. Normal human behavior is being criminalized. And so, when you get caught doing normal human behavior, you're put in jail. And uh, it's That's crazy. In that, it's kind of like um, slavery, right? Like you're sitting there doing something that you're doing, and then all of a sudden they come get you, and you're gone, and you're working for 12 cents an hour, and yeah. you're being shackled every yeah. day, and you yeah. know it, it, you're taken to another place. And, you know, it's just a way of of legalizing slavery, in my opinion. And I'm sure that, you would agree. That's exactly right. And the truth is, we're actually all free roaming slaves. There are some people in, in prison, but the rest of us are free oh, roaming slaves. That is a good, I like that. That's that a really good way to put it. I like that. Free roaming yeah. slaves. And and so what happens is, um, they you know they they make jobs so scarce that you can't change from one job to another. So it forces you to stay in the job that you currently have, regardless how bad it is. And by doing that, they can they can 
they can make prices that that are you know they can they can change the price of stuff and so basically you're always working uh to to provide a house for yourself so really we're we're just we're working to to make tax money to send to them and we're barely able to pay for our food and our our, our housing so the truth is we're kind of free roaming slaves if you don't have if you don't have disposable income that you can go buy dinner tonight if you don't have enough money to go buy your your family dinner tonight at a restaurant then you're basically a slave right then that's awesome dr allen you you're so smart i'm serious you're I'm you're not really smart good I, I i've been exposed to a lot well, of a lot of crazy well, you you put things in perspective, and I I really look up to you for that and appreciate you for that. God bless you. I love you. Love you more. I love you more. I hope to see you some of these days soon. I appreciate your Mindy, thoughts. Is there thank you, thank you, Mindy. Is there anything else you want you want to say to Doctor Allen? I was just thinking about, um, you know, we we talk about going to prison and. And, and the way that families are destroyed. But everything Dr. Allen's reminded me of is, and, and forgive me, I don't remember the names or details of the story, but um, the black man who was in his truck and supposedly had marijuana and supposedly a gun, even though no one ever saw a gun, and the cops just shot him. And to me, um, they wouldn't have approached that car if that man didn't ha- wasn't black and didn't have weed on him. You know, people are losing their lives mm-hmm. literally, not just by imprisonment. Um, and, and you know, and this wife, I just saw a, a, a show about with her on it the other day, and she still hasn't had any answers. She hasn't seen any reports. She hasn't gotten any information, and 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 is a widow. Right. You know. Well, you guys, um, you see what we go thing. through. Go ahead, Dr. Allen. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize for uh, oh, no, go ahead. speaking out of turn. Well, no, you it's know, your turn. This, this, this police uh, killing everybody uh, could be easily be stopped if we, if, we in, if we start two laws. And one law would be is if, you, if you force police to carry private insurance for carrying a deadly weapon on the job, then what would happen is private insurance companies will have a financial incentive to investigate any any incidents involving firearms. So police, if they fire their, their gun, um, then then a third party that, that isn't involved in the incident has a financial interest in making sure that, one, that the police officer doesn't do repeated uh, acts of of this kind, and so the the insurance companies will stop uh, police doing this. The second law is, you know, it seems like a lot of police encounters. What happens is once one shot is fired, then everybody else is free to fire, empty their guns, and so a lot of these police encounters, you see, you know, hundreds of bullet shots sometimes. 
And so I think that there should be a law that whenever more than one bullet is fired, that it automatically go to a jury trial just to make sure that uh, these police aren't executing people because the police training is dead men don't testify. And so if you shoot one bullet, then then what they tell you to do is unload your gun until the, the threat is over. But the truth is, once you shoot a guy one time, he's down, especially if they're just carrying a knife. There's no reason to shoot people 18 times when they have a knife in their hand and they're 30 feet away from the police. So I, I wish that the society would, would institute these two laws, gun insurance for police to carry weapons, and anytime more than one bullet is fired, that they go to jury trial. Good idea. Good ideas. Good, good, good ideas. That would that would probably end all this race wars going out there on out there probably too. Like with you know, oh, it seems like they're killing a lot of black people, and then it's the not necessarily race wars, but it's all black people against white cops basically. And I think that would maybe you know give cops a reason to not pull the, be so trigger happy, and um, give up get black people a way to be able to breathe a little bit easier. Um, there's a couple other things I wanted to mention real quick. I'm going to court uh, in November uh, next month to uh, fight the medical board is trying to take my license for noncompliance with probation. And um, the other thing that Carmen, Carmen Sue Brannon is going to court next month in, uh, in Mississippi for a killing an inmate. She's charged with misdemeanor manslaughter um, because what they what they do is if you're sick, they they put you in a, a, a private holding cell where there's no witnesses, and they they lock this guy up, uh, and uh, he was in prison for five days and died in solitary confinement without any medical treatment. He never saw a judge either, and so they're they're suing her for, or they're, they're they're taking her court for misdemeanor manslaughter, but the truth is, this is a business policy of the of the the jail. And so what happens is, uh, jails have to have doctors to oversee the medical care, and then they usually have a nurse that triages the inmates to the doctor. And so the nurse is the key. So she sees every patient every prisoner that comes into the prison and she has to determine to either send them to the doctor or not and so frequently what they do is they 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 refrain from sending people to the doctor and um and it saves money for the prison and so uh this is a prison system problem not nurse brandon nurse brandon was doing her job uh, when this prisoner died, and if she she is guilty of this, but really the truth is the prison is guilty of this of this death. And uh, I wish I could uh, influence this court somehow because I would love to testify against this this nurse who ha- has killed other pe- people besides this person she's being accused of. Mm. That's something, so, Dr. Allen, I think we can get into real deep in a future show. Uh, I'd like you to see my dad's um, videos and testimonies 
of the of what they what the doctors and nurses testified to in my dad's case and i would i think we should do a, a really in-depth show with you regarding medical and prison coming up soon yeah it prison is a business and if you cost the business money you're out and so the, mm. the prison that, that equals job that is, equals murder basically right it's it's blood money it's right yeah, there you go. All right, well, thank you for letting me talk today. I appreciate it. We love you, Dr. Allen. Cindy, is there anything right, you want to say before we take the Oh, just oh, okay. thanks for coming on. And, and um, Dr. Allen, I just want to mention uh, a happy birthday to your son and, and to you, um, despite what's happened with your relationship with him, uh, you know, it's a blessing today that you're a father and just thank you. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. That was Dr. David Allen, uh, who went to prison for the plant is still fighting prohibition every single day. Next, we're going to hear from Tom Corby, who is the Northern chapter coordinator for the Pollution International. He is going. He was also a defendant. He's been in this war. He does so much court support. He goes out and helps people who are in trouble and prison outreach. Him and his wife Donna, um, just lovely, lovely, best peoples in the world. Um, so we're going to put Tom Corby on with a Northern California update. He's going to let us know what what's going on in this war. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing today? Top of the day, Kristen, Mindy. Uh, Morning, Tom. Yes. Hey, it's so great to hear Dr. Allen talk. Uh, he's not only our mm-hmm. friend, uh, he comes for others, too. Uh, he's been, he came to many of our uh, court support for us for our preliminary hearings. Uh, uh, he's also great on the stand uh, when he testifies. Uh, they can't step over doctors' rights. Uh, Dr. Allen, uh, can you believe what he's been through? 14 months in prison, how he's lost his family. Uh, they're trying to take his license away. Uh, I honor from him for standing his ground. And uh, we'll do whatever we can. We still need to get him an attorney if we can uh, for his uh, hearing in uh, November. Also want to shout out to Marine Staff Sergeant uh, Chris Lewandowski for standing his ground. I understand he only really had five plants. Uh, this is yeah. Uh, yeah, this is unacceptable. Uh, he's fought a war for a country. Uh, it's just unacceptable. Uh, so uh, I've got a letter started. Uh, uh, request for lenience and sense to me uh, as soon as I can get. <coughs> email address to send it uh, from Amber. Uh, she can post, start posting that. Even on Facebook, that helps. Uh, Northern California, uh, again, uh, always bring up Alex Lyons. Uh, uh, on a, last uh, Thursday, he uh, had his, uh, actually had a retrial setting. Uh, he reluctantly has agreed with D.A. Jennings. Again, I talked about D.A. Jennings. He's accepted to the DA, DDA rule. Uh, he's uh, agreed to allow more time for D.H. Uh to build his case. Uh, 
uh, to take to go on to trial, and that that DHN is just working with him. And I actually would uh, feel that he would be uh, uh, good for our uh, DA in Butte County. I heard uh, DA Ramsey may may not run again. Uh, that would surely be a relief. Uh, so uh, Alliance goes to actually uh, retrial setting is for actually way into uh, January uh, uh, 12th at 1.30 p.m. Uh, 2017-1.30 uh, at uh, number one Court Street. That'll be TRC. What that is, is that the trial readiness conference, uh, whether it's a trial readiness conference, uh, trial assignment conference, uh, trial uh, settlement hearing, uh, at all, it doesn't matter. Nothing really ever gets settled. Uh, Tully continues to say, uh, it's been going on, uh, into 2017 and a lot of them are going away. Uh, so, uh, also when we talk about court support, uh, not only Alan Fowler's Lyons case is an exception to all the rules that, and that he waived his rights to waive time and uh, demanding this speedy trial. Uh, we also have uh, this uh, Officer Feaster. If you have not heard about him up at Paradise shooting Thomas, uh, 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 unarmed man shooting and his wife die in the street. Uh, that's happened almost uh, about eight months ago. Uh, he's gone to, he's in his third day of a jury trial uh, tomorrow. Uh, that's number one, Court Street, uh, Room 8. Uh, what I don't understand, and it seems like a conflict of interest, how, how D.A. Ramsey can be prosecuting uh, Feaster when he's actually defending him and saying it's an accident. Furthermore, I don't understand why he's not being charged with first-degree murder. It was an outright shooting. When you see this video, it'll it'll chill you. Why he's only being charged with involuntary manslaughter uh, we have a we have a petition to recall Ramsey right now going on in Butte County. Uh, we, we will not be wearing our solidarity green ribbons for this officer. And I tell the other officers in there how a few bad apples like Feaster make the look the rest of you look bad. That's the same with cannabis gardens. Five percent of people make the rest of us trying to stay within the law laws and guidelines make us also look bad. So we'll be in court tomorrow. Uh, if you've never if you've never experienced all the court rooms and experiences I've had, I've never experienced anything like this uh, the murder trial. Uh, and I've never really actually seen uh, Michael Ramsey in action. Uh, so we'll be there tomorrow and I'll be posting uh, keep posting on uh, the Human Solution International org calendar. Uh, uh, on uh, upcoming events, and I'll be posting also on Facebook uh, what happens tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, uh, and another thing we don't understand, uh, he's a danger to society. How he can actually be out there free running around, he should actually be in jail. Hmm. So, on, yeah, and uh, I want to thank uh, everybody today, all the folks on the front line. And our goal and vision is to end prohibition. We need to deschedule cannabis, not reschedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. We have the control of that. Christian was uh, illegal in the first place. Uh, we know they're all making money on us, like Dr. Allen said.
for others. They come for us uh, to end the, end the war on cannabis. It's actually a failed war. Uh, we know that. Yes, and my wife Donna would say, uh, don't forget to breathe. Uh, <laughs> okay. and thank you, Kristen and Mindy. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. We love your update. All right. Listen, oh, I could also... Listen, am I still on? Yeah, you're still yeah. here. All right. Listen, I want to shout out again to Mark and Kyle Goldson. Uh, they joined the Human Solution International. I want to point out how the uh, he's a, a extreme cage fighter, how the Federation has allowed him to use CBD medicine. Oh, that's, that's, that's historical. When we talk about uh, educating not incarcerate and uh, to check out in cannabinoid science, we know that it's curing cancer. Uh, I've been rubbing the rub on my wife's back for years, and it's curing cancer. Of course, they're trying to hide it, Big Farm alone. They don't want you to know. So we continue to fight our war uh, journey to end uh, this uh, war on cannabis. Uh, thank you all again today. And uh, no one can go to jail for our sacred plant. And don't no, forget to thank you, Tom. Thank don't forget, okay, that's important. <laughs> thank you, Tom. <laughs> we appreciate you. We love you guys. And tell Donna we love her. And thank you to her, too. Thank you, too. Love you guys. Thanks for all you do. Bye. We love you, too. So, that was Tom Corby representing his group, the Human Solution International. Um, he is the chapter coordinator for Northern California, which is a big responsibility. It's it's his job to lead the troop up there to the end of the war, the end of prohibition. And when he says specifically we need to deschedule, not reschedule, that's that's what it is. We need to deschedule immediately because we wouldn't be in this much big trouble if it was descheduled. So, Mindy, tell us about uh, something that you want to talk about. <laughs> Tell us about something. <laughs> for pot. So I wanted to bring up for pot. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about how prohibition has affected families today. That seemed to be our theme, even though we didn't schedule that theme. And parents for pot don't they um, support a lot of children and um, uh, sick patients that um, are young. But something else they do a lot of is supporting our prisoners. And they have two very large drives throughout the year. One is the back-to-school drive, and then the next one is their holiday drive. And um, I just recently saw that they're looking for families who need support. And in the past, I know they've helped uh, Luke Scarmazzo's family, um, Farrell Scott's family, Chris Williams' family, um, our very my family, family. They, you guys know what they did for my family. They bought my daughter her school supplies this year, and she they needed them so bad. And I, yeah, I was broke, and it came. I was like thinking, okay, well, I gotta get her a desk. I gotta get her this and that. And then next thing you know, they were like, "Do you need any help?" And I said, "You know, I sure really could use some help." Yeah, and they helped. And they're so amazing. Mindy, thanks for bringing my, my, my loved ones up. I love them. Well, the thing about them that makes them so amazing is, is that obviously they must have some support and people donating. But there are a lot 
a lot of people, they don't know need help. So if you're one of them, let them know. And if you're someone who's, who's supported them in the past or who's never supported them but wants to find a way to make your dollars count, this is a great way. That's parentsforpot.org, and I believe it's parents with the number four pot.org. Um, check them out. Go on there. Make some donations. Um, and then uh, on, on the flip side of that, if you want to help a prisoner directly, Go to Stephanie Landa. She gets it right to their commissary. But prisoner families are, are um, often forgotten, and Parents for Pot does not forget them. So I wanted to bring that up. Mindy, thank you, because those two groups you just men- mentioned, stephaniesfreedomgrow.org and parentsforpot.org, those, in my opinion, not as an advocate, not as an advocate, but as a, a, a person in the middle of this war, my opinion is that those are the very two best groups to donate to in in this war that's the most effective and that's that's where I would recommend you if you're going to do a donation that's where I would recommend you donate so thanks, I'm, I'm with you on that one Kristen cool 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 well is there anything else you want to talk about Mindy before we close out the show a little bit early um, no, I just uh, want to thank everybody for calling in. It was a very emotional show, and I really appreciate um, everybody's honesty and realness and rawness to come on on Sunday mornings and allow yourselves to feel the sadness of this war when you don't have to. You could choose to ignore it, but everybody who joins us every Sunday morning is choosing to to keep themselves um a part of this and I appreciate that. I appreciate it too, Mindy. And you know what, if you guys want to help us, you know, we right now we don't have any sponsors. We're paying from our own pockets. So if you would like to help sponsor the radio show, you could be a um we would recognize you as a sponsor and give you shout outs and um it's about forty dollars a month to do this show. So we're looking for somebody to help us with about forty dollars a month. We also have a website that we're trying to get off the ground and that's about thirty dollars a month if you want to help us sponsor with our website as well. Please inbox me or Mindy uh, Mindy's Mindy Hunt on Facebook and I'm Kristen Floor. So let us know if you want to help. Um so yeah, so then I'm gonna go into closing, Mindy, and um is there anything else you want to mention before I close? Nope. Okay, okay. Well, um, so we want to thank everybody for listening. I just especially want to thank, because today we didn't have any scheduled guests, and we usually have a new person come on every week to tell tell us what's going on on different parts and levels of the war. But today we didn't because it was going to be a short show due to the weather that never happened. But I just want to really thank especially our regular guests because like George, Craig, Stephanie, Amber, um, Tom, even Dr. Allen, they call in regularly and update us with what's going on every single Sunday. So I just want to give like a really a lot of love to our regular guests who are so passionate that they do that and thank them over and over and over. Um, and of course, all of our callers and all of our listeners, uh, even the people that don't come on the show, still call in to listen. I just want to really say thank you guys for listening because that's, that's what our main goal is to get listeners. And so you, you are the world to us. And all the volunteers, Becca, like she's a volunteer specifically today, but she always helps us. And I want to thank Becca. And just remind everybody listening that we talk about the war and how it should end. You're probably going like, well, what can we do to end it? Well, it starts like this. 
okay? There's something that's called jury nullification. And if slavery once, it can end slavery twice. By number one, knowing, first of all, it starts off with education, knowing your jury rights, knowing that you and your neighbors and your friends and your family have the power to, if you're ever called to jury duty, to not only judge if the prosecutors say, okay, well, here's all this evidence. And, I mean, they can bring out evidence all day long. And you can clearly be guilty of breaking that crime. But your true job as a juror is not what the government tells you to do, and that's to base your verdict off of facts. But your true job is to base your verdict off of the law, because sometimes laws get through the system that shouldn't be there. And in order to throw them out, we've got to refuse to convict. Well, while we refuse to convict, we're also refusing to send people to prison. We're standing up against victimless crimes. So if you're ever called to jury duty, you, I'm asking you, Fiji is asking you, Mindy is asking you, our nonviolent prisoners are asking you, and all their families are asking you to please judge not only if that law has been broken, but to actually judge the law. And if you believe it is a bad law, your verdict of not guilty, your one vote counts, and your one vote can save someone and your one vote can begin to knock down and throw out our bad laws and break down slavery 2016. Keep that in mind. Also, please, if you are in the middle of the war and the government asks you, what did your partner do? Don't tell them. Stand united with your partner. Face jury trial. Educate your town on jury nullification. Stand up against the war and do not snitch on each other. Snitching is one way we can end the war without telling on each other the government don't have nothing. So please stop snitching. Next, we got a free Richard DeLisi. You guys, he's working on his 28th year of his life sentence in a state prison in Florida. He's not the only one. There's a, quite a few plant prisoners that are doing the same thing. But Florida is really, really bad, and Richard just... You have, it's time for Richard to come home. Also, please, like we said, donate to freedomgrow.org, parentsforpop.org. And um, next I want to say rest in peace to a few people. First of all, Eugene Fisher, who served 25 years of his life sentence in, in prison. While he was in prison, he educated people. He held classes. He became best friends with George Monterano, who calls into our show every week, which actually we missed George this week. I don't know. We confirmed him, but he didn't show up. But next week. But Eugene is a good man. He got out of prison and fought for all of the other prisoners and even became um, one of our hosts of this show and helped Mindy and I form Val. And he's just a really beautiful man. He is part of the human solution and he passed away, <clears throat> passed away just recently. Rest in peace, Eugene. Also rest in peace to Richard Ford, my father, who you guys have heard me mention a couple times during the show, who was shackled to a bed was sent to prison for cannabis, nonviolent crime. You know, my dad represents cannabis. He represents the drug war. He represents slavery. He represents the, the, what's wrong in the medical system. On so many different levels, my dad represents humanity and how we shouldn't treat people in humane ways that we treat people on earth. And because of that, my father is my hero. Regardless of what the government did to him, I had to remove him off shot life support after they tortured and neglected him to death why he's still shackled to a bed, and that is why I am on this radio show today, is because my father, 
um, taught me to stand up for what I believe in and to not be scared. So, Richard Floyd, I love you. Rest in peace. Also to Gene Hablin, who died on Thanksgiving Day. He was one of our caregivers, and he, like my father, they neglected him basically to death. He didn't die in prison, but he had just gotten out of jail, and they had tormented him while he was in there, and he died a miserable death. Also, to get your rest in peace to Gary Shepard, who was shot down by the federal government over 20 times. The Mary Jane Jones, who stood beside him and held their son, baby Jake, who was also shot down. Mary Jane Jones lived for another 20 years, just recently passed away. Um, all Gary was doing was protecting a couple plants, and he, and he lost his life over it. Rest in peace to Gary. And you know what? Stacey Tice, because of it, she drives around a big green bus. And so in that, in that way, Gary is still here. And so is Mary Jane Jones. And because of Stacy and because of Jake, they're never really going to be gone. Also, rest in peace to Jack Hare, who taught us about the end of prohibition and how prohibition affects our country regarding how it can be used for hemp, fuel, fiber, food, um, plastic, uh, medicine. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. And you can read all about in a book called The Emperor Wears No Clothes, that Jack Hare wrote. And it's really good because it talks about what the plant can do, and it talks about how the government kept it away from us and why. Barry, you've got to read it. Next, we want to say rest in peace to Peter McWilliams, who wrote us some inspirational books regarding death and happiness. Well, Peter was an activist for gay rights. Peter was a libertarian, and Peter was a cannabis activist. And he was a really important man to our country when the government put him on probation for growing a couple plants who was helping him with his nausea. But he passed away in the middle of the war, and I've heard that it was choking over his own vomit. cannot confirm that, but that from that, that's what I understand. Also, rest in peace to Bill Lamorte, who was one of Eugene Fisher's closest friends in prison. His voice was lost when he was sentenced to 20 years. And uh, while he was serving his 20th year, about that, he had a major heart attack in the prison yard and just right, died right there in the prison yard serving life sentence for cannabis, which really irks me because, you know, 20 years, if he wouldn't have had a heart attack, he'd still be in prison alive right now. So it just irks me that we're let, letting people die in prison. What type of death is that? Who wants to die in prison? Not acceptable. Also to Larry Harvey, who fought for our rights over in, in uh, D.C., while in the, our federal rights in D.C., while his whole family and himself included was facing de facto life sentences for cannabis. Also to D. Young for giving us Adam. Oh, my gosh, you heard Adam on the phone this morning. And his mother has just inspired him to do so much. And me, I, she's the kindest woman in the world. I love her. Rest in peace. And also to Curtis Cecil, whose father called in today. Curtis passed away while his father was in prison, right in the middle of the drug war. And it's not acceptable. Rest in peace, Curtis. And to Spencer Coppice and Cashy Hyde, two little children who are using the plant to cure their brain tumors. And their caregivers were raided. And then their families couldn't get the medicine. And the poor kids passed away with from, from cancer and the brain tumors overgrowing in their brain. Rest in peace. And also to Bernardo, Bernardo Bruno Martinez, who was one of my close friends, helping in the war on a worldly level, not just on a national level, but across the whole, the whole, the whole world. Also to Elaine Sammons, who was an ONAP tribal member, who was using the medicine to cure or to help deal with some of her illnesses. And the post office intercepted it because of the federal laws. Well, Elaine didn't have access to her medicine. She passed away in the middle of the war. 
And also rest in peace to Oscar, who's Eugene's and George's friend they met in federal prison. They say he went to FCI in the sky. Please help us end the war so nobody else has to go to prison for a plant. I'm going to play this one song. It's called, I might play this for two songs. The first one's going to be real one. Sings it. It's called Just a Plant. And then I'm going to play Cushite Seeks to No More War. And just two this time, sometimes I play like five, but today I'm only going to do two. So I want to thank everybody for listening to the Voices of the Cannabis Wars radio show. And I'm sure Mindy thanks you too. And um, all of our listeners, listen next week because we need you to listen. Thank you.
All right, you guys, that was Real One with It's Just a Plant. Um, next, we're going to listen to Kushaika, No More War. I really like this song because that's what it means, is No More War. Check it out.
Did you we murder our disagreements and we shake hands with our enemies? We shake hands with our enemies and murder our disagreements and put up some kind of pedestal like with some sort of achievement. Being a man is not based on the people you shot or how good you can fight. Being a man is one who's able to feed his family when times are tight. We are in a recession, suffering with depression, so lower your Bibles and load your weapons. How many times must we pray before we start losing our blessings? How many loved ones must we lose before we taught ourselves a lesson? Reach one, each one, teach one, empower them. All right, you guys, thanks for listening. That was Kushai Sikhsa, No More War. Uh, maybe next week, I just meet, had a really good idea. Mindy and I, we reached out to Real One, who sang the song, It's Just a Plant. And we're going to ask him if he would be one of our special guests next Sunday to help explain the song. And because um, there's a lot of stuff in that song that is really, really detrimental um, as far as what it says. It really means a lot to the war because he says it so so clearly so maybe if he says yes we'll have him on our show next week so stay tuned i'll let you guys know what's going on and um have a beautiful sunday thank you for listening we appreciate it all and have a have a good sunday and help in prohibition 2016 Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.